The Fighting Films podcast discusses films ranging from G to NC-17 rated. The three hosts discussing these films are adults who will not hold back from using bad or explicit language at any time. With that in mind, this show is not censored, so please listen at your own fucking risk. Thank you. So with that disclaimer in mind, this week's Fighting Films is discussing at least one film that is horrendously over the top and explicit. So if you're going to watch the two films to catch up with us and you're still upset by anything that we're saying, did you watch Black Christmas 2006? Holy crap. Anyway, <laughs> hey everybody and welcome to Fighting Films, a podcast where us three friends pit two films against one another that are similar to us in some way. Maybe they have very similar plots, maybe they share directors and themes, maybe they're an adaptation of a famous novel, or maybe there's just some personal reason for one or all of us. Either way, the discussion will be fun, so let's get those films fighting. This is our halfway to the holidays month kickoff, and we're kicking it off with... Um, Two remakes of basically Slasher Film Zero, Black Christmas. These are two incredibly different takes. Um, and, you know, they definitely hit on those classic holiday themes of, you know, making Christmas cookies out of the flesh of your family members and um, restoring the patriarchy. <laughs> yep. Or taking down the patriarchy, maybe. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, Destroying I... it from within. I was going to say, since we're talking about the remakes, do we want to do a quick uh, summary of like the first one or a quick gloss over? If yeah, either of I, you remember sure. that one? Um, yeah, well, so Black Christmas, the original, came out in 1974. And it, a lot of people consider Halloween to be the first modern slasher movie but actually uh, Black Christmas predates it by four years. It has the uh, the final the first final girl kind of introduces that trope. And also uh, the whole, uh, the call is coming from inside the house was first yeah. used in this, in this movie, so that movie. Good too. In yeah. That movie. Like, Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. And um, from, from what I hear too, you know, even John Carpenter who created Halloween has been credited with saying, you know, you know that was kind of like where the bent of Halloween ended up as they said, well, you know, we need to do another holiday slasher movie. Like that's, that's what people want. I'm like, there's only one, John. <laughs> but that's what people want. Of course. <laughs> so I, I found that pretty interesting. Um, I mean, who doesn't think of murder around the holidays? Right. You know, mur murder, incest, eyeballs. Right. It, it's all there. I mean, <laughs> Halloween, in fact, was originally intended as a sequel to Black Christmas. Oh, no shit. I did not yep. know oh. that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would have been even more wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so since you guys have been listening to this show for a bit, in, you know, the hundreds of thousands of you that are listening, thank you very much. <clears throat> um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris, and with me is... I'm Stefan. I'm the show creator, stat person, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. And also... Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Jess. I do all the social media stuff. I manage these two crazy guys. And uh, if you ever want to get a hold of us or talk to us, um, you can shoot me a message at uh, fightingfilmspod at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Facebook or find our fan page at fightingfilmspod. And, uh, and on Twitter, we are uh, fightingfilmspodcast or at filmsfighting where we post a uh, new poll every Monday. Also, if you've been enjoying our show, 
you know, and, and kind of like us, you can dig in your couch and send us a dollar per month. One dollar. That's it. And for that one dollar, you get early access to our shows and some extra content. And when we start doing ads, you won't hear them because you don't need to because you love us a little bit at least. Um, and then if you love us a little more, maybe, or just really like us, you can send us $5 a month, and that's our lightweight platform. You do get the early access, you do get the uh, Patreon-only content, and you do get a shout-out from us, a special shout-out. Like, thank you so much, Karen and Brandt, we love you! Or, love you. if you love us just as much, you can join our welterweight tier, which is our current highest tier, at $10 per month. That includes the early access, the extra content, the patron shout-out, and you get to choose a theme of one of our episodes. So you choose the theme, we choose the movies, and we'll talk all about it. And you will get our undying love for as long as you love us hell yeah so yeah thank all of you for supporting us and thank all of you for listening and even though we already hinted at it stefan tell us officially what two um wonderful pieces of cinema we're we're (laughs) discussing on this episode you're setting us up to fail (laughs) sorry not not fail just expectation but never uh, yeah we're doing very sarcastic Yes, uh, we're doing both uh, Black Christmas remakes from 2006 and 2019, and uh, they could not be more different. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, tonally, stylistically, visually, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, rating, rating. Even, yeah. even though I gotta say, um, 2019, you know, before we get into exactly what goes on in them. The left up to the imagination stuff in 2019 and just the what was happening as you start unveiling, it was more of like an indie flick and it, it all yep. hit harder. You know, yeah, the gore was way more over the top and like you had to look through your hands at a couple things in 2006. But in oh, 2006, it looked like it wanted you to be having fun with it, even though <laughs> I'm not sure if you were. But mm-hmm. 2019 was like, this has impact. This is this is intense. And. It was interesting that with the lower rating, they were able to pull that off. And it it's pretty, pretty, I think, a pretty hard PG-13. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um. Actually, a little fun fact about um, the 2019 version is they, um, so hopefully you have watched the films by now, but to get the 2013 rating, they changed the blood to black. So that they could get that Mm -hmm. PG-13 rating. And they wanted the PG-13 rating. So younger girls who wanted to watch horror movies could watch this one. It's it's a damn fine. um, I won't call it first horror movie, but younger adult horror movie. Because it's it's, uh, very um, prolific and important. And has a lot of things to say. (laughs) And I, I think they're very important things. And uh, I think uh, the tw- the 2006 version has a lot of things to caution you from. 
Yes, and yes. Um, also wants to remind you that crazy people that get locked up eat people's eyes. I, oh. I, I'm still trying to figure this one out. And jaundice might have something to do with that. Anyway. Yes. Um, I don't know. Nobody looked terribly jaundiced. Oh, yeah. No, that was the thing yeah. with Billy. The thing that makes them both similar is the only real similar thing is that it's girls in frat houses getting killed. And that's about it. And at yeah. Christmas time. And oh, Christmas and there, there was... um. Oh, wait, no, that, that was the 2019 one had a similarity to the original. That was not yes. in the 2006. So, yeah, never mind. That one doesn't count. Um, so go right on into it, Stefan. Tell us about Black Christmas 2006. So uh, the as per IMDb, on Christmas Eve, an escape maniac returns to his childhood home, which is now a sorority house, and begins to murder the sorority sisters one by one. Uh, that, that's a very succinct summary of this movie. Uh, it was actually released on Christmas day in 2006, much to the chagrin of, um, uh, Christian groups. You know, it's like, just don't fucking go see the movie, you know? Right. I love <laughs> like, when Tim Burton released and Disney released Sweeney Todd on Christmas day. I'm like, yeah, I it's can't like, wait for people to bring their kids. Well, God, yeah. I mean, I mean, scream one and two were released right around the holidays. It's like, I, I really gotta say, I actually appreciate having an alternative to the happy, cheery holiday movies. Right. Um, I'm I'm a horror person, uh, just in general. I love the art of horror and everything mm-hmm. that goes into it. Um, but also, you know, uh, not being terribly close with um, some of my family. It's nice to have. An alternative where not everybody's going home for Christmas and baking cookies and having a feast and opening gifts with their extended family. So I agree. I absolutely. It. Yeah, the other uh, famous horror movie that was released on Christmas Day was a uh, Wolf Creek. Talk about a brutal Oof. movie. But um, yeah, oh we can God. we can save that for another episode. Uh, yeah. So uh, the movie opens up with uh, Claire. Doing writing a uh, Christmas card for a gift for her sister, uh, Lee. And I totally, I don't know about you, Jess, I mean, to think of Lee 1L with I um, Lay. Huh? I thought it was Lay. Lay. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it no was, problem. But, I just, that's how I read it. Right. But it, it was, I mean, that's how Lee 1L spells it. And I just, Jess, I just singled you out because you remember on Morbid where they reviewed uh, the invisible man and they're like Lee one L they kept saying that. Yeah. And you know, that, that might be, I just, whenever I've seen it spelled like this and uh, we like Rachel Lee cook, but it's spelled lay. Mm. Like I just, I don't know, just always in my head. I've always That's interesting. read it as I've, lay. I've heard lay one L pronounced lay one L and Lee one L. Okay. Too. So I'm I not sure. I've, I've heard so Lee. I don't so. have an answer. <laughs> so so it's a draw. There we go. But the so say right, it how we want. Yes, exactly. Potato, potato. Of, I, so then we cut to. So oh, so then uh, Claire is uh, snatched, has a, an, a bag thrown over her head. And do do her eyes. Do we see her eyes getting gouged out? Does that happen right away? We hear it. I think we, we hear see it. the hand go, but we can't really see where it's going. Right. And now you had both already, you, you had, you both had never seen this movie, right? 
No. Correct. Yeah. I had, and maybe maybe it's just me, but towards the end of the movie, I just found that that funny. It was just so over the top. Oh, yeah. Like, no, okay. I, I agree. It, 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 at first, it's very stark and like, wow, this movie is horrifically violent, like more than I expected it to be. And by mm-hmm. the end, I'm like, now they've just gone to like Sam Raimi camp land. Yeah. At this point. We're, like, <laughs> we're, we're going to touch on why that was, by the way. Okay. Um, uh, I just, I, with this being the first time I watched it, I did not know what to expect. I had seen fair. the 2019 version. I had seen the 1974 version. Oh, my word, this was so gory. Yes. Holy buckets. Nobody warned me. I didn't look it up beforehand. I'm just like, oh, it's on TV for free. Let's check it out. And yeah. it wasn't even the unrated version. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we then cut to an uh, cliche horror movie insane asylum oh so yeah cliche. it's so cliche and you know they're giving the uh inmates you know the christmas cake or cookies or whatever like you know merry christmas happy ho-. and with someone else with one person he said happy holidays so i wonder if that inmate was perhaps jewish or muslim or something like that you know probably not but still uh maybe they've made their you know beliefs known Exactly. You know? I don't know. Judging by the way this guy talked about the inmates, this didn't seem the kind of place that treated them with any sort of respect. No. I mean, are they ever generally in horror movies? Yeah. And so uh, we, you know, we arrive at the room for Billy, character Billy. named Billy. And this, uh, we're going to learn he has a past really soon. So then we we cut back to the house and uh, Megan who has just uh, come home and she, uh, she hears something in the attic, which by the way, have you assume, I mean, I know Jess, your home has an attic, but Chris, does does your home have one? Yes, it does. My attic is ridiculous and has like a full, pull down the set of stairs not like a fold down ladder it's kind of ridiculous oh. oh no ours has a tiny little hatch that leads right into our bedroom uh, no. Oh. no 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 yeah. no 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 <laughs> yeah it uh the tiny hatch is in dan's closet because we have two small closets in our bedroom mm-hmm. and so my partner has one i have one and uh we actually had to have a repair person come in and I don't know how he did it, but he like finagled himself up there. And like he wasn't terribly skinny. He was a muscular guy who later told me he used to play professional soccer. But it just he went up there, he checked it out and he finagled himself out again. And I'm just like, how? 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 Did, how? Right. Like you should not be able to do that. You'd be surprised. My son can barely fit up there. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying because this, uh, you know, I I never our my the house I was born in and grew up in the first fourteen years of my life had an attic, but I never went up there. It wasn't very stable, mm. from my understanding. Yep, and so uh, she finds Claire or, or her corpse, I should say, in the attic, dead. So then, uh, and then the bag goes over her head. She dies, you know, two down already. The the one thing about this movie is like these characters just drop like flies. 
Yes, oh they yeah. Do. They really do. Yep. And so, uh, okay. This line, I wrote this in my notes back to the insane, the insane asylum. What was the comment from the one worker saying about how his mom tasted like chicken? What? Yeah, I no, swear. that's no, that's exactly what he said. He's, he said because at first I think they wanted the line to have like a, a double entendre of like just like mum used to make, but he said just like mum used to taste, uh, alli- alluding okay. to something we find out later. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's like foreshadowing. Yeah, okay. these these guys Got are it. just these guys are just the worst insane asylum mm-hmm. workers ever. Mm-hmm. Like, right. <laughs> so the lock on the door so he can feel like he's at home. Like, come right. on, guys, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So okay. we're yeah. sorry, sorry, Stefan. Sorry to interrupt, but before we leave this asylum, I need to talk about this Santa. Like he's nasty. Oh, oh sex, yeah, sex Santa? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ew. And he just, he, oh, he's just, he's just, uh, like, gross. He made a comment towards one of the girls that just, bleh, like, like, oh, you know, Santa is, loves a good girl or Santa has got something in his sack for a good girl and just, oh, ew, ew. He just, he's slimy. I mean, to be well, fair, she did reciprocate it, but still. Slightly, but he yes. definitely overstepped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of mall Santas and, you know, pretend Santas, quote unquote, are, are scuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we then uh, cut back to the house and we meet the the sorority girls and the sorority mom and trivia each girl has the last name of a uh, famous singer oh if you look at their names so like uh, Fitzgerald Presley uh 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 Colvin McHenry yeah oh. Crosby yeah is, pretty is cool. there a reason for that just I guess a addendum okay but they do it was in the IMDB trivia so yeah it's definitely yeah, true I wonder if the writer just... yep no it's really cool and this cast is basically these girls are like a who's who of like mid two thousands talent, yeah. just all of them. It's like Katie Cassidy, who I've always thought is just. I mean, these girls are all really gorgeous. I say that as a gay man. Mm-hmm. Do you now? N- neither of you ever watched Harper's Island, did you? No, no. no. Uh, I think it is still available to stream on Prime. It's a ten part limited series about it's kind of like a whodunit type thing these people are going to a wedding like off the coast of seattle and there's a murder in their midst and like family secrets come about the the new season of uh slasher that's going to premiere on shutter sounds a lot Ooh. like it like a, a combination of that and knives out i didn't oh, I watch the it. second season very much did you watch the third no third is good Okay. Third is good. Um, okay. Speaking of which, God, it seems like they're adding a new cast member to Knives Out every day. The new yeah, one. Yeah, they're adding right? like, oh, fun. It's like, God, this just, I mean, well, the first cast was stacked, so mm-hmm. expected. Uh, so we had her, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who I just like, what what happened to her? It disappoints me. Right? Like, I, like I really liked her, and she just kind of fell off. Right. I mean, she was like, you know, she's a young feminist, you know, one of our first feminist icons with Harriet the Spy. Big mm-hmm. time. She's actually and, uh, I, I, that person, and we'll check off that for that section. But. Oh, sure. 
Yeah. Do you want to say a little about... more about her? Oh yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say. So, um, uh, do you do you all remember um the Adventures of Pete and Pete? Of oh course. yeah. That's where I know Michelle Trachtenberg from. Yep. She was like, mm-hmm. she was like one of those, you know, like schoolboy crushes. You know, right. like it's like, oh man, it's the girl on that show I like. You know <laughs> what was, I mean? Was it Mona? Was her was her yep. name? Yep. Yeah. And so when she was in Harriet the Spy, it was a really big deal. And it's yeah, I I, I worry and hope that you know. You always worry, especially when it's a younger girl, that she didn't get caught up in any of that freaking Weinstein type garbage, because yeah. that would be really terrible. Um, yeah. I hope. But um, check off on had... the Weinstein's for later, by the oh, way. Jesus, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, she she's actually been doing a lot of interesting stuff. Um, mm-hmm. amazing. It's a lot of TV, but she she hasn't stopped working. She has a uh, fifty nine oh, acting credits, um, total since wow. um since the early nineties, and um. Uh, more recently, um, she was in the film "Take Me Home Tonight," which was actually pretty good in oh. 2011. She oh, was I on Weeds. That. She was on Weeds, Gossip Girl, Criminal Minds. I know and, she was um, on Gossip Girl. <laughs> yep, and mm-hmm. she's done uh, stuff in Robot Chicken. Oh. <laughs> um, up up till now. So so there you go. Mm-hmm. She was yeah, actually I playing think... Harriet the Spy on Robot Chicken a bunch of times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I saw her was on uh, Euro Trip. Oh yes, yes, Euro Trip. Yeah. girl. Um, Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny uh, when you said the Adventures of Pete and Pete. I almost started singing the theme song, but I'm like, no, must hold back. But um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned "Take Me Home Tonight" because the star of my movie was in that as well. Oh, mm. yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the other girls, uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Who is my that person? So Take it away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stefan. Um, I know they're back to back, but this girl has been in a lot and she has changed a lot. Like she's. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot, but she, like, changes a lot. So the first time I remember seeing her, and which is why I was like, oh, that actor, she was Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has been in a good amount of stuff. Um, I'm going down her thing here. She was in Grindhouse. She was in Death Proof. She was in Final Destination 3. She was in Sky High. She was in, you know, um, she was on Passions, the TV series, if anybody remembers that, which is literally the only so- soap opera I have ever watched. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> She was in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. She's been in so much. It's just, it's absolutely wild. And uh, more recently, she was in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And she was she was on the Fargo TV series. And to wrap it up, she was the Huntress in Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. So and this is all over the place. And yeah. awesome. Yeah, you mentioned um, Final Destination Three. She actually took this part uh, immediately after finishing production of that movie. Glenn oh. Morgan, the director of this, uh, was the assistant director of Final Destination Three, and he uh, approached her. I guess they were at the airport, getting ready to go home, and he approached her about this project, 
And she was a little hesitant to do another horror movie out of fear of getting typecast, but she loved working with him, so she signed on. Mm. Yeah, he's incredibly well-respected in the horror community, actually. Yeah. Even though he only directed uh, two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Still, too bad. they're good movies. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so th- those, yeah, are mostly the main ones. And then they're, oh, yes, they're, they're characters, yeah, are Kelly, Melissa, and Heather. Oh, yeah, and uh, Lacey Chabert as Dana, really kind of casting against type for her here. We also meet the uh, house mom, played by Andrea Martin. Her name is Barbara Miss Mac McHenry. Mm-hmm. She is my that person, that actor. Uh, she has had a huge, huge career. One of her first movies was actually the original Black Christmas Yep, as one of these sorority girls. And this uh, for this role, it was between her and Margot Kidder, R.I.P., who was also in Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she readily took this role. She said she hadn't thought about the movie in years. But yeah, she she's been in tons of stuff. Most notably, uh, probably my big fat Greek wedding mm-hmm. one and two. Yeah. Yep. She what has do you ha- mean he does not eat, does meat. eat no meat. I make lamb. <laughs> uh, she's been in yeah a lot of TV, The Good Fight. Uh, she was in a really short-lived show that I liked called Great News, mm. where it was about this like mother who like this like mother who ends up like getting a job at like the news station that her daughter mm-hmm. works at, you know, and you know she's embarrassed and whatnot. So, um. You mentioned her the other night, and I was like, yeah, you know, I I recognize her. And I was looking through her filmography, and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I remember she was in Big Fat Greek Wedding, but that that wasn't really where I remembered her from. And I'm like, God, I could have sworn she played this role. And so I looked up this movie and realized I had mistaken her for Amanda Plummer. Oh, mm. they they are very similar looking. They're both um, fair skinned women with shaggy hair and larger noses, which is not a bad thing. It just it's their bone structure. So that's that was where I got a little confused. She's also done a lot of uh, Broadway work and she was also in a loser as the uh, the mm-hmm. women's study professor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so we um you know, we learn that, you know the these characters were kind of setting up the uh the issues that they're going through, you know, like they're about ready to go home for Christmas break, but they're doing a um uh just kind of secret Santa thing in the house, which by the way, am I the only one who does not like secret Santa? I like it, but most people I've done it with don't. I'll tell you why I don't, and this can be uh, rectified, I understand. You know, I don't, I'll admit I've only done it once, but I don't feel comfortable with getting a gift for someone that, like, I don't know, especially right. when, they, when they don't list, like, maybe, you know, list three things that you want. Yeah, you know, that's, that's fine. The best secret Santas I've ever done do that. They say give a list of – and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you want exactly that thing, but give the people the, an idea of what you like. Yeah. You know? Right. Cause, yeah. Because I, I like them when it's like a group of friends that you've known forever. Yeah. You know? 
like sure. we get back together, you know, after not seeing each other all year, you know, those have always made me real happy. You know, when you don't know who's going to get you the gifts, you get to wonder. But no, when it's when it's blind, like you go to like a party, I, I'd rather just do a um a Yankee swap at that point. What yeah. Is that? Oh. What is a Yankee swap? Um, we'll, we'll we'll put a pin for a longer explanation at another time. But a Yankee swap, it's very similar to a Secret Santa, but everybody just buys a gift and you give a money amount, and then you draw numbers oh. at random for the amount of gifts there are. And oh. the first and the first person that picks gets their pick of the litter of all the other gifts, and you have to you have to swap with them if they want to swap. And then oh. the last person also gets the same thing too. So it's it's kind of an interesting like you can swap each time, but you might not have the gift you have at the end. It it sounds like the dice game that we play. Similar. I've I've seen yeah. it played that way too. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, the only time I ever did Secret Santa was at the uh, nightclub in Duluth that I worked at, and I didn't even know the person. They like worked in a different area, mm-hmm. so I got like they got me a gift card. To right. a restaurant town, and I just like regifted something, like a mm. puzzle or something like that. I mean, it's like you gave me, you know, no ideas. So sorry. Uh, um, actually, uh, with my family because uh, my extended family, when we all used to get together, um, my grandparents had six children, and so that's a lot of gifts. And so what they would do is they would do Secret Santa amongst the six of them. And so a few years ago, when I hosted Christmas at my house, I tried to kind of reinstate it, you know, um, because unfortunately, people only buy gifts for the people they want to Yep. in my Mm. family, Mm. which I, I don't really like um i don't think it's fair and uh and so um me and my mom and two aunts all went into it and our like our top our cash top was like 25 dollars and um my one of my aunts and mom got mad at me because i bought my other aunt, a bag that I had found brand new on Facebook Marketplace that was like TARDIS blue tote bag, gorgeous, tagged still on, and I got it for 25 bucks. And it's like, I I played the game. I didn't do anything wrong here. Right. But they cool. thought it was, it cost more than, you know, the agreed amount. So. Oh, so yeah. that ended that. Yeah. Well, you should have got the bag for Billy. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. Great segue, by the way. So we learned that they always have a gift for Billy. Uh, and we cut back to the asylum then. And uh, this guard what he like hears Billy say something or something like that. And he, so he looks in through the, the, the slash where they shove the food into his room and he doesn't see him. So because of course, because of, you know, plot, the plot needs to move forward. He opens up his room, unlocks it. Everything goes all the way in. Billy was hiding, you know, and appears kills him, uh, you know, sneaks out, Kills the guy, the creep dresses Santa, escapes in his clothes, and 
leaves. So, okay, wheels are set in motion. The house mom, not Andrea Plummer, Barbara. <laughs> We're coming Phyllis to get was you, her name Barbara. in the original. That was last week. Uh, she tells the story about uh, Billy, or at least part of the story. And I would argue that this is actually more disturbing than the eyes getting gouged out. Yeah. I always hate, you know, child the abuse. And the whole, so basically, Billy was born with a liver condition that gave him yellow skin. And the mom hated him. And by the way, dad, dad, if you love your child so much, fucking take him and run. Don't wait five years. Oh, okay. So yeah, brutal. don't wait on this. Don't wait. I, I know it was That's the crazy. 70s, but whatever. Um, people, people, I, I knew, I knew people that I knew a people who got divorced, you know, in the, what was the woman that I, when I was worked at the nursing home, when did she get divorced? It was like in the twenties. Wow. She got divorced. She was, she was a badass. Gladys, God lived to be 97. She Good was, for her. Uh, she was awesome. Yeah. RIP. Great, gr- great woman. Great woman. Uh, and so, so anyways, uh, uh, you know, it's Billy, when Billy is five, his uh, mom has finally had it, and she murders. She and her new boyfriend murder his dad, and they lock him in the attic. And uh, I'm just, I'm just going to say the whole backstory. I know they cut and you know do more later on. Yeah, go go through yep. it because I don't want to yeah. hear it again. I'm just going to go Ugh. through it. And so <laughs> we uh, cut to then seven years later when Billy is twelve, and she and the boyfriend are. Uh, consummating their relationship on the steps, which, you know, go for it. But, you know, if you have kids, don't, you know, I when mean, they're around. if it gets you better leverage, but make sure the kids are asleep. Yeah, exactly. That... Fair. <laughs> and so I guess he couldn't perform enough. No, he fell whatever. asleep. He fell okay. asleep. asleep. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no. Uh, that's, that's right. I, mean, I must have missed that part. The thing that's so wacky about these backstories is the score and the way it's filmed. It's like really campy. Like they want, like, isn't this fun, everybody? And I'm watching right. it going, this is terrible. It's so mm-hmm. ridiculous. So she sneaks up to the attic, walks over to Billy sitting in a rocking chair, and disrobes. Yep. That's all I'm going to say about that. This is this uh, is where I check out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 horror, you know, horror, okay, you know. But mind you, you know, she's coming from being active on the stairs. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a button down that's open and like she hears her kid and she just climbs up the ladder with this open button down. It fell off by accident is what you're saying. (laughs) uh, No, it's like you're a horrible mother. At least have some semblance of modesty, maybe. Right. Like, even if you want to be a nudist, I don't care. One fucking button will do the trick here. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't care about much, clearly. And so uh, then this produces Billy's sister slash daughter agnes you know i guess she you know wanted a daughter or whatever you know she got it and she you know um loves you know pampers her you know and still abuses billy which uh 
Ed Kemper, the serial killer. This was Billy was partially based off of him. Oh, yep. oh, because he was locked in the attic or basement, and then you know when he got loose, he killed his mom. Spoiler alert: A check off on that. Sorry, we're gonna get to that now. So, uh, Billy then. So that, that so it's Christmas again, and uh, Billy breaks out finally, and he kills everyone in the family except for Agnes. He still he still takes her eye, and he. Well, he attacks her. I attacks mean, her. Yep. You know, attacks gets as her. far as removing one eye, and mm-hmm. and so he takes the cookie cutters. Oh, and I'm just going to say it might make it a little more bearable, but they used, obviously they used uh, bacon for the human Christmas cookies. So he is caught, uh, you know, sent to thought of it was disgusting. The the golem close up on his. Oh, oh, the close up. was. Oh, my God. I know. Especially with the milk coming out of his mouth. I'm like, what is happening here? Yes. And so he then uh, is taken to asylum as is Agnes. And so uh, can I, and I love, I love that 70s style oven with how it opened up. Yes. I love that. Uh, That's great. And so we flash back to 2006 and uh, Claire's sister Lee arrives now looking for Claire because she's not there, but I always, I was, I, I, this actress, I always remember her from Final Destination. Mm-hmm. You might remember me saying, me saying this, Jess, when we watched Final Destination about a year ago when it was the 20th anniversary. For years, I thought that was B.B. Newworth. Oh, For like a, yeah. long, a long time, I did. And I remember you were like, yeah, I can see that. You know, it wasn't too far off because B.B. Newworth, like a year and a half before Final Destination was in the faculty. So... I mean, it wouldn't be yes. too much of a jump for her to do Final Destination. Um, yeah. I sat yeah. there and said, I can see that, but it's not. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, you know, like, I haven't heard from Claire. Where's Claire? And we learned that um, she is 12 years older than Claire and her half-sister. I'm like, they're drawing a parallel between Billy and Agnes here. Yep. Because that was the exact age difference. And they were technically half siblings, as twisted as that was. Oh, uh, and so. Huh? I didn't even catch any of that. Yeah. It's it's kind of subtle. I think I was just grossed out by the whole thing. <laughs> You're yeah, still recovering from I felt, from I that. felt yeah. like they were trying to, like, plant some red herrings there. Yeah. Know? Oh, and this movie has a lot of red herrings, by the way. I just, nobody warned me about the gore factor. Like, I think I could have enjoyed it more if somebody was like, hey, this is hella gory. Heads up. Mm-hmm. Right. But after we, seeing um, the other two, it's just, it's such a huge contrast. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Warning, this movie is fucking gory. I, oh, I watched a YouTube review and the guy just said, all right, everybody, I've had enough eye gouges. Black Christmas 20, 2006, <laughs> you can have them all. Right. <laughs> So we also meet, speaking of red herrings, um, uh, Eve, who is kind of like the, let's, let's say the studious one of the house, you know, clearly meant to be the plain Jane, which by the way, that, that, uh, actress was a model at the time. 
this was her only role ever. So it's like, yeah, she's not ugly, you know, don't. Yeah. <laughs> the whole glasses and ponytail, you know, equals ugly. Hollywood oh, trope. Oh, yeah, Claire. Right. Yeah. And so she hands a gift to, was it, it was a, um, Heather, right? Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hands her a gift. And I don't at all suspect that this uh, is going to be used as a weapon later on. No. I don't know about you. I, I, I did not see that coming at all. I mean, they zoom in on it for like five seconds and I, it's, you I know, think, pointed. I think we're going to call this Chekhov's unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Chekhov's yes. Unicorn icicle. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And uh, so, yeah, at this point, you know, uh, and we learned that Lee or Lay was a sorority sister at the house years ago. And she points out, oh, you're still doing Billy's present. And well, she she made it a point to say she was a legacy. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of sorority hierarchy. Mm hmm. I've, I've never understood sororities and fraternities, but whatever. Well, if you're. If your legacy, it's your family has gone there, and every female in your bloodline has been that sorority for a number of generations. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. What? Oh no, I was just gonna say they they really are laying it on hard with the red herring with this character that like they they wanted to plant that in your head. This could be mm-hmm. Agnes. This could be Agnes. <laughs> you know. And could be yep. a glass eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And speaking of red herrings, we meet um, uh, Kelly's boyfriend, Kyle, played by Oliver Hudson, who 10 years later would star in another uh, sorority uh, slasher TV series this time, Scream Queens. Oh, shit. As as a a dad of one of the characters. Great show if you've never watched it. Okay, I need to interject here. Yes. Um... A big difference. Uh, so, a similarity between the original original seventy four and the two thousand six remake is the boyfriends are total mm-hmm. trash. Yep. they are mm-hmm. disgusting. The one in fucking seventy four, like you know, the girl wants to get an abortion and like move on with her life, and he's like, "No, we're gonna be a family. I just quit," you know college to you know go work and no we're doing it this way and now this guy who tapes himself having sex with people and (laughs) oh yeah just like just counters everything the girls say pretty much this guy oh my god these guys were so disgusting and I'm so glad I picked the 2019 version (laughs) yeah Uh, and so then we get, uh, you know, she, Kelly, and I just want to say, I think everyone is way too calm at this point when they yeah. see Billy's present. And we've already gotten a, a, a threatening phone call. It's like, I would be way more on edge at this Which point. they had in common with the first one as well. Yeah. I do like the, oh, yeah. of the similar threatening phone calls. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah with with um, the... The continuity and keeping kind of the the feeling of the original, I think 2006 did a better job of it. For sure. 
I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Kelly fights with Kyle and then the, uh, why do I keep forgetting her name? The, the sorority, the sorority mom, Barbara, Miss Mac, she uh, like puts her hands on him and it's just like, get out, get out. And I'm going to say for that reason, she's my MVP. Me too. Of this yes. movie. She just, you know, like looked out for the girls. She does make kind of a snide comment right before her. Uh, I mean, obvious. I mean, we all knew she was going to die. Her obvious death. But otherwise, she, you know, was a, a badass sorority mom. The only better badass sorority mom in a horror, horror movie is Carrie Fisher in Sorority Row. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, she, Shout out yes. to Josh Stolberg, writer of Sorority Row, who just made um, uh, wrote, um Spiral. Oh, Wait. I didn't know that. Cool. Um, but yeah, I got to mention when she throws him out, like the boyfriend is like, oh, but wait, I love you, baby. I love you. <laughs> and as she's mm-hmm. throwing him out, she's like, get out. And he's like, fuck you, bitches. It's like, yes, yeah, I, I you really love, love that. us. I love that extra. And again, additional red herring of like, oh, he's totally the killer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. the, the guys in this movie, most of them were just gross. Oh, definitely. This is like, you know, and the whole, you know, horror movies degrade women. I'm like, how many horror movies have you watched? Is what I tell people. Right. Usually. Yeah. Right. The, the, uh, the women are usually the badass. The badasses. They're, yeah. They, yeah. Not always. I think they're more relating to the horror movies of the 70s and 80s when, you know, women weren't fighting reason. back. The only reason they're there is to scream and not have their shirts on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they, but they usually become final girls eventually. Not, not often. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess it was more by... Well, I mean, they're not as badass like throughout the movie, but it's just, you know, that little bit at the end when they rise up, I suppose. You mean when they survive? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> when, when they, yeah, when when they, they defeat the killer. It. That's what I meant. Yeah, when um, they survive. <laughs> yeah, because they kill the killer, finally. And so we get the um, uh, we find a box of newspaper clippings, again, classic horror movie fare. Uh, I always love those where, you know, you find like newspaper clippings or photos like my favorite movie where they did that was Get Out. Yes, I agree. It's, yes. it's so chilling. Just the music build. It's just like, oh, my God. So and, creepy. And by the way, don't they find this in in um, one of the characters, the, the, Michelle Trachtenberg, right? That gave the. uh which right no it wasn't her the, the girl that gave the um heather the gift heather yeah. right they find this in her room and she's got like pictures uh, like did you never walk into this girl's room <laughs> <laughs> right which is the one that's just watching the boyfriend have sex with the main girl is that her i think so or was yeah. it uh it was no, I think it was the first girl that died. I think it was Claire or the one before her. Yeah. The leaves her room. She's watching the porn. Yeah. A is. lot of these girls look alike. They do. I gotta say. Another thing that the seventy four and the O six had in common was that the sorority sisters weren't all that friendly. Um, like, you know, in this O six, this one girl is literally just sitting in her room watching this terrible homemade porn of uh main girl 
Blondie and her girl and, you know, this boyfriend. And that's literally the majority that she does during the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It's. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, a character I forgot to mention um, uh, the there was an, another girl that was just, you know, drink all the time. Lauren. Lauren is her name. Yep. Uh, who, by yeah. the way, she was, but she was not stupid. She had moments no. like where she explained, you know, how Christmas is a, is pagan bullshit. Yep. I'm like, you're not, you're not a ditz, honey. This is, I like this. I like your character. Um, you know, uh, but she I likes to drink. She okay. gets drunk and, uh, Melissa, Michelle Trachtenberg, you know, takes her up to, uh, her room and makes a really random, uh, Dick Cheney joke. <laughs> that really it's like yeah okay this is a mid-2000s movie absolutely this that and the motorola phones just date oh, this gosh, so yeah. well yeah and uh oh yeah and so the power the power has gone out in the house and so uh dana who you know has just been kind of you know making you know bitchy remarks this whole time <laughs> is like oh you know i there's the generator under the house. I can, I can crawl under and get it. It's like, I'm not, I'm not a total, you know, daddy's girl. I'm like, good for you. I thought that it was, was the, the main breaker. Uh, box. Yeah. Main breaker. Well, yeah, yeah. but it, but it wasn't working, but they had to, they had to go under the house. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is main breaker. Awful. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm horrible with that stuff. Yeah. It's all good. Any. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, they, she goes outside to light a, and this, yeah, this, I forgot. Like, again, this is casting against type for Lacey Chabert. Cause he's usually in like Hallmark movies. Yeah. And she's like smoking a cigarette. I'm like, geez, is wow. Again, and Wieners goes to college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had, they, they should have had her in a uh, hoop earrings. They should have had her would have been a great touch. I mean, it would have gone really well with her black sweater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so then she, you know, uh, she sees that, but she suspects there's someone underneath. She can hear it. And throughout this whole movie, you hear that someone crawling in the walls throughout the house, you know, looking Very through Scooby-Doo. eye holes. Yeah. 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 Very Scooby-Doo. And oh so my gosh. She, the creepiest what? one was in the bathroom. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. I know. Like in the floor, like just popping out, you know, the tiles from mm-hmm. where you wanted to see it. Just, Definitely. That, that was creeper chills. Thousand yeah. percent. And so she, uh, Dana gets dragged underneath the, uh, the porch and does put up a fight and gets uh, slashed with a uh, guard. What are those like, like soil? Yeah. The tills. Till, a till, uh, thank you. Which, delay. by the way, if you want to see a really graphic use of a till as a weapon, that new movie on Netflix, The Woman in the Window. Oh, yeah? There's a really graphic usage of that. Oof. Yes, yes. It's actually not a, not a bad movie. It's gotten not that great of reviews, but I'd liked it. Yeah, and so uh, we... This is kind of where the whole movie just starts taking it, like, really, like, just, you know gets really intense yeah really intense sorry 
there's always that point in slasher movies where like the all the characters you know realize what's going on and how in danger they are i, I want to coin a phrase for that but um yeah we can brainstorm with that with later one. anyways what we're gonna have to come up with one I yeah i've that. always wanted to come up with the name of that term uh yep and so uh then they find uh uh eve at this point and she she's dead yeah she never you know was never i mean you know had you know the the red herring one of the red herrings and she said i wrote in here eve is proven innocent dot 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 too late and so they realize they're in danger and they actually i love this how they actually are able to call 911 it's like yes yes but there's a snowstorm outside so they're saying it's going to be 2 hours before they get to them i'm like so this college is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I know there's a snowstorm, but still, it's got to be like a half hour out of the city at least. Yeah, I remember there's another line where there's only one other house on the street too. Right. It's like on a on a, in a frat street. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's... I, it's confusing because I, you know, I used to hang out down by the University of Minnesota pretty <laughs> frequently, and they've got like you know, one street or a couple of streets where like most of the frat houses are, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, right. Oh, you know, like, why are you so far out? But you know, horror movie. Right. And there, but there were lights on at that other house, but was the person not home? Right. Yeah. Cause I would, I would have, and then we get here to the point where Barbara wants to leave, but Kelly is like, no, we're staying here. We're going to be unified. And I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Stick together. You're doing something right. No, I'm, I'm with Barbara. I'm like, grab your shit and go. Like, well, I mean, but the, the car was an ice cube. Obviously this person is in the house and you know, there's something going on here. And if they want the house, give them the house, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, at that point, did they feel like they wanted the house or it was, I mean, yeah. I don't care. If they're hiding somewhere in the house, get the fuck out. It's the <laughs> same it w- thing. It's the same issue with, you know, should I run out the front door? Or should I run up the stairs? You run out the front fucking door. Like, well, I would ah! I would stay in the main living room just in a group and just weaponize yourself. Uh, I mean, if there was not a snowstorm, I would have said, yeah, go leave. Absolutely. I would rather face the weather. Fair. Uh, and so. So um, uh, the only ones that agree to leave are Barbara and Heather. And I love how so. The car is her car is a block of ice. Barbara's car is a block of ice. So she has to, you know, heat it up and do you know, brush the snow off. And Heather asks, what is that? I love it. I love <laughs> her wiping it. The snow. And then uh, Barbara calls her a frigid Southern princess. <laughs> the only other thing we found out about Heather's character was that her dad was like a NASCAR driver. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, so we uh, see as she's wiping off the snow, you know, another eye in the car, the classic, you know, yellow eye. And what I think is a great blood splatter. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a really good one. It was like a, like a, like a blood balloon just popped. It was really, looked really cool. Uh, and so then she's dead. And then Barbara runs back and is killed by a falling icicle. 
Oof. Which oh, I would I would hate to go out that way. Uh, good idea. Icicles are underrated uh, murder weapons because you can like dispose of them easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what? Why does this person have a hole in their head? We have no idea. We have no idea. <laughs> there's there's actually it? a crime riddle kind of like that. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, then at this point, so uh, Lauren. The, the lush of the house, let's just call her, is is in her room, passed out, drunk. You know, she hasn't been touched. Uh, at least not yet. And so, Melissa, you know, goes to uh, check on her, and you know, we find uh, Agnes at this point. And so, and th- this this annoyed me, too about this movie, even from from 15 years ago, I remember this, you know, Melissa gets the upper hand, but then runs back to her room to try to escape out the window. Yeah. I'm like, just run down the stairs. Like the stairs were like right there. Yeah. It's It's like jump over her and just go. Um, I mean, she might have more knowledge of sneaking out that way. Oh, that's fair. Perhaps. I mean, that's they are adults. I, always, I mean, they come and go as they please, but still. I always just think it's the, uh, you know, I'm safer if I put a door between me and this person, no matter what thing she, in your head. Did she even close her door? I don't think she did. I don't did. know. I don't think she did. Um, yeah, and so she, this is one of my favorite deaths in the movie. And actually, Michelle Trachtenberg insisted that her character be killed off. That was oh. her negotiation for signing on to this movie. Oh. And she is killed by a pair of uh, ice skates, which I wonder if that was a reference to Ice Princess. Oh, it was <laughs> so yeah. good, too. I've never but seen I, that movie. Oh, Ice Princess is actually pretty. I, I didn't mm. mean that. It, ice Princess is actually a pretty good movie for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it, she, she's an engineer, like a, like a physics person. So like yep. her, oh. she figures it out based on equations. And I, I always loved that crap. But um, no, just saying this, this ice skate death is awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> But didn't she like try to fight back beforehand? She, mm-hmm. I, I remember her yeah. grabbing something. Um, I watched this movie on Monday, so I don't remember mm. a whole lot of she, it. She did, she did. Um, Do you remember but she, what she grabbed? Like a hockey stick, I think. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of hockey stuff in her room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I feel like you know she was at least smart enough to try to you know grab something and fight back. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, she she was that. That's why that one detail was so frustrating to me, because she was smart in every other sense. Yeah. Yeah, and resourceful and whatnot, but still, just not not quick enough. And so. Hey, she tried. Exactly, and so then we have uh, still, uh, Kelly and Lee or Lay at this point, and they're starting to bond a little bit, and. Uh, so then, uh, Kyle, you know, wants to, you know, get them out of there. They're, you know, and Kyle has shown up again, you know, their red herring trope and he's, and he says a line where he was like, you like what you wouldn't know. You don't have a sister. No. Something like that. And then Lee says she has a sister, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. But kind of like, from from how her character was when we introduced her, she changed maybe a little. I mean, you know, perilous situations make people closer. 
Um, I mean, I can accept it. It just seemed like, you know, kind of an out of the blue line, like, okay, fine. Uh, yeah. And so at this point, uh, Billy and Agnes have both made themselves known. We've made our way up to the attic and we see, and they were able, like, like they, they got these bodies up to the attic really quick. Yeah, they did. Without making any kind of a noise and without anyone seeing it. It's like, okay, uh, mm-hmm. must be secret passages in the house. Well, or, weren't I mean, they already on the second floor anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, I mean, they could have shoved the bodies through the crawl spaces. I was going to say, those crawl spaces are um, True. larger than crawl spaces are in houses. Yes. yes. It reminded me of uh, the people under the stairs. It mm-hmm. did. It I did. Yeah. I agree with that. And so uh, we have our big showdown and uh, Agnes, you know, wanted a family. I guess Agnes and Billy both wanted, you know, their own family. And that's what they thought they were doing with, you know, ripping the eyes out and putting the heads on Christmas tree. Yes. And, you know, (laughs) doing whatever sick, twisted shit. They were just decorating their own. Decorative. By the way, so the... The uh, I always thought the Christmas lights in this house were a little much with the decorations. Like it would it would hurt my eyes. Uh, and Glenn Morgan wanted to um, give it a Christmas touch, but also a high red saturation for the color palette of the movie. Mm-hmm. To give that yeah, they, it's, it's that was another that was another um, thing that the '70s movie in this had was the the like really cool use of Christmas colors in the mm-hmm. color palette of the movie. This movie definitely overdoes it. And I think a lot of it is really cool, kind of surreal. Um, the movie looked great. <laughs> you know, that's oh, it did. definitely yeah, shot the sure. hell out of this movie. Right. For sure. Yeah. And so then, you know, we get to the, the, um, what we believe is the final showdown. And so, you know, the candles start knocking over and of course starts a house fire because, you know, we we have to move things along, you know, get people out. And so, uh, you know, they fight them, defeat them, leave the house. We think all is good. And then uh, we cut to the hospital. And my God, I didn't realize how much Scream 4 ripped off this moment in the hospital. Yep. Because <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, and I, I love, I love scream Four. I Same. love it. So I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad about that movie. Uh, so, uh, they, uh, Kelly and Lee are taken to the hospital and, you know, Lee is just, she, she's so sweet. She just, you know, stays there and with, uh, Kelly and she opens up what was, uh, Claire's gift to her. And it's a watch. And it says on the back, uh, family forever. That's what it said, right? Aww. Yeah, family yeah. forever on, you know, puts it on. And then we find out that she, you know, they have to give Kelly x-rays. So, you know, can you have some time alone? So Lee uh, leaves for a sec, comes back and sees, you know, someone blonde hair under the covers and said, Kelly, are they done already? Kelly. And then Agnes pops up and breaks her neck. And I, I was, I was disappointed that her character died. I wish she didn't die. Yeah. We're going to get to that though. Check off on that. And so, um, Kelly 
comes back to her room and notices that the, her watch is there covered in blood. And again, she is way too calm at this point. After everything you went through, I would be like, I would bolt it out of that fucking room. And here's the thing we get to. Hospital rooms are not supposed to lock. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned that in the, uh, the um, whatever the, 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 the Angels and Demons sequel was. Oh, which yeah. I didn't I didn't know I don't remember what that was. It wasn't a great adaptation, but I do remember that and I'm like, oh yeah, hospitals. No, the uh the No, it was it was <laughs> I, I Code and oh, Okay, I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> It's it's even better. It's better than that at least. <laughs> wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um yeah. And so uh she like great, great move here. Just Takes the uh, again, a la Scream Four. Gives it a jolt. I oh, know. you're talking about like a defibrillator. AED, yeah, or it would be an AED now. But AED, it was a okay. Defibrillator. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Turns it on, fully charged, and just shocks the fuck shocks out. shocks the fuck out of Agnes, dead. And then Billy pops out because, of course, and you know she runs out. They struggle. A twist. Yeah, and this this hospital, yeah, this the, and again, like, like kind of like in Scream Four again. The thing I always remember about the last scene in Scream Four is how like barren that hospital seemed. Yes, like it's like no, it's 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 ICU even at night. Well, I mean, in this case, it was it was Christmas Eve, Christmas, so I can buy it a yeah. little bit more. And the the front desk staff was useless as we saw, and they well, to um, be fair. You know, when she was hitting the emergency button, there were carolers. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I know. I hate Christmas carolers. So, so you know, to be fair, they would have helped her, but they were distracted by the carolers. Yeah. I thought that was a nice, super campy touch. <laughs> right, right. And so she chases him. They fight, knocks him off the stairs, and he's impaled on the star of the Christmas tree. Yes. Dead and oh credits roll. Christmas music. What were you gonna say? Hold on. Rewind yeah. just a sec. Yeah. I really liked his landing. Yes, it was perfect. He wasn't just impaled on the tree. No, no. His guts came out and his blood came out and it went spilling down the tree. Mm-hmm. Like it was decorating it it was yeah he was like a novel it was, he was an awesome. ornament of sorts yeah yeah you know he decorated from the top and <laughs> this was not the movie's original ending oh really oh. yep the original ending uh had kelly and lee still in in the hospital and uh, everything happens again where she opens up the gift and then uh Kelly or Lee's uh, phone rings. They're Motorola, of course, because it's 2006. And they open it up, and it's Kyle. But Kyle's Uh. dead, remember? Yep. And then they just kind of pan out the window to Christmas music. Uh. And that was the end. It was kind of paying homage to... To how the original ended. Yep, to the original ending. Um, The... The fucking Weinsteins hmm. did not like it and ordered it to be reshot. Yeah, well, I don't like them. Can we reshoot it? 
riot. Yeah, it can yeah, be. It, it, it's a bummer that they had something to do with it because I I like both of I like the idea of that original ending, but I also like this one a lot. <laughs> For all the things that I don't like about this movie, I really like that. That yeah. sequence is really cool. <laughs> and to yeah. be fair, you know what would the ending of Scream Four have been? Right. Exactly. A, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, that is. Uh, Black Christmas 2006. Jess, did you realize that 20 people from Supernatural appeared in this movie? What, what, there were there were 20 cast members in this movie? Right. <laughs> I know. Uh, wait, that would, have, wait, would eventually appear on Supernatural. Where were Jared and Jensen? I didn't see them. <laughs> right. Where was Crowley? Where was... Where, I, <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole list on the trivia section no. uh yeah and apparently yeah this um uh the weinsteins were also responsible for ha- having it be as gory as it was which which i'm not i'm not averse to i uh, i feel like the gore um and the tone didn't match was the problem i hmm. had i felt like i felt like this movie was going for like a campy fun thing and then the gore was like super hard and, yeah. and then the backstory like i i you know i love the original because you find out nothing about Billy and you don't even know if the name if, of the person is really Billy or not. You just right. get that off the phone, like arguing about Billy and Agnes on the phone, which, which I thought was kind of a cool thing they did here too. But I feel like they tell you so much about these characters and it's so vile, mm-hmm. but then their motives still like you still, they're still playing red herring so long that you're like, okay, so Agnes is in the house, but Billy really hasn't escaped yet. And who's doing these killings and why, and what's the point? And I feel like it ends up just getting convoluted and confused. So the, you, all good horror movies have a point where you kind of oddly get behind the villain for a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Even if you don't like want them to succeed, you mm-hmm. know, you cheer for Freddy Krueger a little bit, you cheer for Michael Myers in a sick way a little bit. Um, but, the way they did this here is just like no, this is like I like Agnes is a incestual victim of abuse. Billy is a victim of abuse, and they're both their backstory is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's like there's no fun to be had, even though the movie's like playing you know happy chitty chitty bang bang music over you know horrible things happening. Oh, that was as, no chitty chitty bang bang. Okay. As much as I love the Scream movies, I don't think I ever sympathize with any of the killers. No, in, in those movies movie, ever. Definitely not. But but that's because no. the focus of the film is the mystery. This movie, true. All, this movie, all the mystery's gone. So it's like they kind of want you to be like, oh, can't wait till we get to finally meet Billy. And you go, no, I really don't want to meet Billy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Good. I, um, I, I have to agree somewhat. Um, I usually identify with villains more, um, which is probably why I like the villain is right. The villain was right <laughs> podcast so much. Nice. Um, I, I just, I am a villain type person. I don't want the Disney princesses. I want the Disney villains. Like yeah. it just, I'm I'm a villains, you know, supporter. Go villains. Mm-hmm. Um I just honestly I did not support the villains in this one. Right at all. Uh, at all. No. No, I I uh, I, no. I felt bad for Billy and his circumstances and how he grew up. Um but no. No. Nope. Now here's here's another thing, Stefan. Um, 
that I wrote down because I had heard it and I wasn't sure if you had confirmed it or not, but it's an interesting tidbit that the supposed Billy and Agnes backstory in this was uncredited Bob Clark's original, like in his head backstory that he didn't mm-hmm. film for the original movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he gave uh, his blessing for this one, which I find interesting because it's kind of like, you know, what would jaws be if the shark was in the movie more kind of thing, right? Like what mm-hmm. would the original black Christmas be if you knew anything about Billy? Yeah. Right. It, it that's kind of the allure of the movie is that you, you end it. One, they don't find that last body, and two, you never find out who was doing this, right? So it's, like, really insane. Right. Um, well, my MVP was Miss Mac. Same. I just think she's a badass. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, then, in that case, my MVP is Final Girl, Kelly yes. Presley, mm-hmm. Katie Cassidy. Because I think she did really well. I think she was a fighter and a badass. And honestly, we wouldn't have much of a movie without our final girl. No. She, Katie Cassidy should have played Nancy in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I very much agree. She and Rooney Mara should have switched roles. I I don't acknowledge that movie. (laughs) That's fair. It, It... it could have been really good, but it just if they only it wasn't didn't pull the punch. Spoilers yeah. ahead on if they had really made that Freddy is a human was innocent, and now this is just the demon taking those people away. But the yes. reveal of nah, he's just the same guy. I'm like, yeah, Damn he's it. exactly that what was, we thought. Yeah. I found that really interesting movie. Why didn't you stick with that? Yeah, I, yeah. again, I saw it once in the theater, and I refuse to acknowledge it. I have the uh, traditional Nightmare on Elm Street box set sitting mm-hmm. on my shelf over here, and it does not include that one because that one does not exist to me. <laughs> exactly. I will say the ending <laughs> to the remake is pretty is pretty memorable of a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I, I'll agree. And it's a great it's a great final final moment final shot. I do like. Um... God, the one time I'm not going to pull that actor's name out of my ass. Um, I really like his version of Freddy. The movie Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. He was awesome. I just uh, that's a lot of heavy lifting to to be done. Yeah. And with them um, making his origin story so prevalent, it made Freddy not fun or funny. He wasn't creepy or anything like that. He was just creepy and gross like he was meant to originally be and i get that but give me robert england yeah, yeah give me robert england all day long right um, so or god I, like like i know wasn't there talks of like kevin bacon playing him that would be so cool Which, yeah, yeah he would be a good that. choice yeah so how no, how this one how this one fare with the critics stefan well yeah it has uh only 16 percent critical Ooh. score but a 37 percent audience score so a little bit better. Kind of surprises me that the audience score is that high. Certainly, it's higher than uh, our next movie. So that brings us to our second in the Black Christmas remake special. Jess, take it away with Black Christmas 2019. Yeah, so um, I actually dibsed this film when we talked about doing Black Christmas. Uh, I actually saw this before the original, and I enjoyed it so much, I bought it pretty much literally right after I saw it. Um, I I really love this movie. 
um, this version of Black Christmas. And it it has a few things, you know, the same as the original and the 06, but not much. Um, this this movie is very different in many aspects. So I'm going to try to summarize or synopsize the movie, hoping that you have seen it already. Um, and I saw it today, so I have it pretty fresh in my memory. Uh, I did go see Fast and Furious in between, so if any like race cars zoom through, you'll understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean that 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 entire chase sequence um, where they went over the border was my favorite part of Black Christmas 2019. Yeah, no kidding. And when they went down that crazy hill and the huge explosion, <laughs> oh my word! Okay, so um, we open at a sorority house, and there's a handful of girls, and they're happy, and they're friendly, and they're playing, you know, just messing around with each other, and um, you know. Some of them have to get ready to go to their families, and um, our main character uh, goes off to her last class, and um, we meet her professor, and turns out he has a petition against him, and we will check off that for a little later. It's going to be one of my talking points, um, but either way, he kind of picks on her in class, and she ums and ahs her way through an answer. Um, and she meets up with uh, one of her sorority sisters, and they go get coffee and meet a cute guy. Um, and they're they're kind of, you know, talking about this uh, orphan Christmas dinner they're having, and they invite him to it. And they get back to the house, and uh, they get ready because the girls are going to put on a performance tonight at one of the uh, frats. Um, but our main character doesn't want to perform because she was assaulted a couple years ago uh, by one of the frat boys. And um, it was that just, long ago. Yeah. I, I, guess, yeah. I guess I never, I, I guess it, it made it to me sound like it was more recent, but whatever. No, uh, they, they made a couple mentions that it was like two years yeah, oh. it was like her. It was like either freshman or sophomore. Oh, okay. But, but that sticks with you for life. No, I know. I know. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it happened a couple of years ago, but it's still traumatic nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they go to this frat house. You know, the girls are pretty much ready, and one of them's missing. So she goes off to find this other girl who's messing around with her boyfriend, way beyond drunk. And so uh, our main character sends her home and takes her place in this number, which honestly looks like a mean girl's knockoff yeah. for the Christmas mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. But the song they sang, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. And we will check off that for later. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they run out of the sorority house and... Um, you know, they're they're kind of figuring out the next day. So, yeah, the next day they're, you know, getting the food ready and everything for their orphan Christmas dinner. And, um, you know, they, they, they're chatting. One of the girls is surprised how easy it is to make ham. I love um, that. I love it. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, we get to meet the boyfriend of 
another one of the girls, Marty, who we'll meet later or who we'll talk about later. Um, and he's actually really supportive and, you know, he's he's really great, which is one of the opposites of <laughs> the first two. Um, this, he kind of fulfills yeah. the house mother role, which I thought was kind of cool. He's always driving them around and keeping them on schedule. I thought yeah, that was kind of cute. He's kind of like the house boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was confused. I remember the first time we saw this as to like how, what his relationship was. I thought maybe he was like their G Biff or mm. something, but no, yeah. no, he's, he's dating one of the girls, but he cares for them. all. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, you know, very open and he's, I'm not going to say subservient, but, you know, he's willing to help out. He's not yeah. just, you know, some slug on the couch playing video games or anything like that. Um, he coexists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, a couple of the girls start arguing and he gets fed up and he has a blow up and he gets kicked out of the house. And quickly after, um, we find out that uh, there's a killer after them and he comes out and he starts trying to kill you know the girls in the house and at this point there's four of them uh, one of them had left to go look for lights um and so you know they're fighting back and you know at one point one of the girls gets one of the killers oh my gosh there's more than one killer and they're running around in these black robes and these hideous masks. And, um, yeah, she gets in kind of in the uh, under jaw throat area mm-hmm. with keys through her fingers, which we'll check off that for later because that's the yes. point. Yeah. And um, so our main character and secondary main character get out of the house unscathed um and are driving and they get into a fight and uh you know one of them wants to drive away and call the police and the other one wants to stay and fight and so you know the one that wants to stay and fight gets out who's our main character and uh goes to another sorority house to find out that they're being attacked as well and uh, she runs into the cute boy from the coffee house who she asks to go make a distraction. Well, she can, excuse me, go into this frat house and kind of try to find out what's going on. And um, these frat dudes come down and basically make the cute coffee boy one of them. And uh, she finds her other sorority sister in a room tied up. And, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Let me help you. And unties her only to have her pull a switcheroo. And she's actually working with the frat guys. And they knock our main character out and drag her into this, like, um, oh, ritual chamber. Of, yes, a ritual chamber, nice room. Um just where they hold rituals, basically um, chanting and wearing robes and uh, praising this bust that we will talk about later. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, it, eventually, you know, she uh, she gets up and she is fighting like hell. 
to save her own life. She's not going to be, you know, subservient to these guys. And, uh, and her sorority sister kicks the door in because she's like kick-ass fighter girl. She is leading the petition. She's, you know, she questions everything. Like, you know, why aren't there more diversity in our, you know, uh, literature class, etc. Um, and so, you know, as they're fighting, um, her sorority sister walks in backed by like, like they do a flying V basically <laughs> into this, um, ritual chamber and uh basically come in and start kicking these frat guy cultists asses i loved this scene i just i loved everything about it <laughs> yep yeah and it's, it's so satisfying it's the climax of the movie it is great we will talk about more about it in a minute and eventually um the house catches on fire burns down the girls get out and the culty boys stay in and perish supposedly and mm. you know that's that's how it ends so that that's my summary of the movie that's awesome and yeah. it's oh god it, it it just being able to picture it while you're talking about it and then knowing we're going to get into detail about it it's just mm-hmm. this movie was just such a such a rewarding satisfying flick with its <laughs> themes <I can't> yes <laughs> yes yes oh yeah yes so, um, my first note I have here, I have an okay amount of notes. Good. Um, my first note in looking at the DVD menu was, is that Rachel Lee Cook? There's a girl <laughs> on there who looks very much like Rachel Lee Cook, and her name is Lily Donahue, and... Oh. I swear, if it was 20 years ago, it totally would have been Rachel Lee Cook. She was the one that asked to borrow the D- the Diva Cup? Oh! No, is that her? no oh. she's not. No. no. Oh, she's, she's the one with the boyfriend. Ah, ding. Okay. Yeah, Again, a lot of these girls look alike. <laughs> like the other one. You know, a, qu- a quick point on the looking alike thing, though. Uh, it's really great to see a movie made in 2006 and then a movie made in 2019. And, of course, the bents and approaches to this are different, too. But the types of girls they're casting to be college girls in the look between 2006 and this movie is so starkly different. Yes. And, and the girls and women in particular in this movie look like real college girls. Even mm. the ones that are, like, showing up to the frat party that are supposed to be, like, the ditzy, like, attractive girls are mm-hmm. you'd run into these people in real life. And I yeah. thought this movie did a much better job of feeling real in that respect. Right. Yeah. Funny you should mention that, Chris, because Imogene Poots was 30 when this was filmed. Right. They just did a good job with the look. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I just, you know, uh, this um, Rachel Lee Cook looking actress that, again, 20 years ago would probably have totally been Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily Donahue, she's been in, you know, Dirty John, the TV series. She was in Jane the Virgin for a while. She was on the Goldbergs. She did a show, did an episode of Grey's Anatomy. She doesn't have a lot to her name, but she, she definitely has a look going for her. And to... You know, kind of 
go against what you were saying, Stefan. I don't think the girls looked alike that terribly much. Um, there was enough differentiation between all of them that I could tell, you know, who's who and not, you know, get confused, you know. Um, so, you know, my next my next talking point is friendly girls. The, uh, mm-hmm. the sorority is uh, Mu Kappa Epsilon. And um, I, I just, again, uh, contrast to the first two, is that these girls are friendly. They're hanging out together. They're, you know, goofing off. They're messing around. They're, you know, they're enjoying each other's company. They're actually friends, like real friends. Yeah. You know, they're not, you know, hiding out in their room or, you know, being super standoffish or you don't have the traditional quote unquote ugly girl and you know the the main character riley you know was talking to um helena and she was like you know oh you're my you know little sis my sorority little sister and you know and they were just they were all very close you know which i've never been in a sorority but i would hope it's more like that you know, I, I I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I honestly don't know. It's definitely how it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I also check off for later really liked that the um the frats had camaraderie between each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the and the the frats and the um sororities. You know, there was like a you know a Help, help each other, kind of thing. Not like a screw everyone, and I'm only for myself, kind of thing. Yeah, going on. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, and I like that. You know, the sororities knew each other, and they weren't terribly in competition or anything like that. You know, um, so we do come to our first death in the movie, and uh, this girl is. I don't remember if she's heading off to her grandma's house. I don't know. I don't remember where she's walking to. Um, but she, she was going. I think she was going to like the train station or something to go home. That okay. was right. Yeah. 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 I know she was heading out. She wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of starts getting followed by a guy, gets nervous, and puts her keys between her fingers because that is literally what they tell us women to do. I loved as, that as yes. part of yeah. you know self defense, and you know it it actually worked out in you know the situation later, but unfortunately for this one, it didn't. Um, well, she was and, also getting getting texts right for, from the Calvin Hawthorne account. Yes, so mm-hmm. something else different that they did was the text messages. They didn't get creepy phone calls. Mm-hmm. They got creepy texts on like a weird app called Yip Yap. Yep, I loved that too. I'm I'm guessing is like a college wide app. I think it's uh, supposed or, to be like what WhatsApp or something like that where you have like, yeah, yeah. you have like group settings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well I just I I think it's I am surmising that it's college wide yeah. because mm-hmm. it only happens to, you know, the people at this college. Right. Whereas, you know, they're not communicating with their friends back home on it. And right, uh, right, right. 
So that's that's where I get that idea. And I love the the whole like you know because no one talks on the phone anymore. No one calls anybody in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. And yeah. still, like mm-hmm. I like I that. Even... Oh, go ahead. It was on the girl's voicemail, and please leave a voicemail. But next time, be a doll and leave a text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Stephanie and I were watching uh, 911 a couple of weeks ago, and one of the characters, his voicemail was, "Don't leave a message. Just text like <laughs> like." A normal person you know nice. and it's it's so true nobody mm-hmm. wants to be bothered with a phone call unless a it's necessary or b you know the person right and even then you don't always want a phone call <laughs> tell me about it i used to tell my friend brenda that we all forgot what her voice sounded like because <laughs> in college because all she did was text she wouldn't answer her phone she'd text you right back immediately what's up yeah yeah there's there's somebody else that's very similar to that too who doesn't answer calls very often <clears throat> anyway um hey i'll do the kelly bundy hey hey but i swear like the last three times i've called you you haven't answered so Meh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the guy following this girl isn't actually following her, and she runs, you know, face on, basically, face to face with a uh, black robed, dark masked killer. Uh, and he starts chasing her, and she is right next to this yard that has all these giant inflatables in it. Like, they. Oh, it's it's like Menards exploded in their front yard. It's pretty gaudy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, she, you know, she is trying to evade him and goes up and pounds on the door, which nobody answers, even though, you know, like, all their lights and shit are on. Um, but eventually she winds up getting stabbed by an icicle. And uh, while she's getting stabbed, she's flailing her arms in the snow and leaves a lovely snow angel. It's so <laughs> awesome. That, like, it was scenes like this where I'm just like, this is a different thing. Like, it didn't feel as horror tropey as the last one did. Like, it, like this kill for a PG-13 kill one is super stylized and like, mm-hmm. it could be so silly. Like, he rips up, takes the, takes the icicle down. But it, like, I sat there and I went, that's brutal. Like, this is nasty, you know? Yeah. I would argue more brutal than the icicle kill in the 2006 film. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, I I would agree. I think, you know, I they definitely got their point across that this isn't a funny, campy movie. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is... um, Very serious. This is a slasher movie. Uh, More or less. Um, With lots of social commentary. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of it. Um, I was trying to find uh, my next talking point is the petition. Yes. Um, where they're trying to have this teacher fired, I believe. You know, his class was propagating the um, the, uh, the the white male patriarchy. The white, the white male yeah. patriarchy, and it was jamming it down their throats, and they weren't reading any novels from anyone that was outside of that 
and you know the teacher had to make his big statement about but you have to teach the classics and they wrote all the classics and it was just a fun back and forth yeah uh, mm-hmm. but i think that was the big part of it it was that like she was pointing that this guy is the linchpin like the thing that's propagating all the bad practices and history of this university and even the other girls in the frat you know are kind of like we think you're taking this a little too far and i thought that was kind of cool yes but mm-hmm. uh you know, a good amount of people have signed it, and a uh, cute coffee house guy signed it. Um, and he said that he admired, you know, that they were doing that. Um, and uh, the going along with that, I have petition slash bust. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. going along with that, um, something that is pretty meaningful in this film is the bust of, it's not Kelvin. Coolidge, is it? Calvin Hawthorne. Hawthorne, thank you. Um, that's such. Yeah. That's you can't get more of like a old fashioned old, old white guy if you tried. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, they had the bust of the founder, Kevin Calvin Calvin Hawthorne, removed from public viewing, and the guys in this DKO frat basically wanted it. For who knows what. So, by the way, a fun, funny thing for me watching this movie. Mm-hmm. At UMass Lowell, the scummy frat. Because we had a couple of really good ones that like did good things for the community. The scummy frat that, like, as a resident advisor, we used to have to warn kids not to get caught up with was oh. DKO. Uh-huh. And so I'm watching <laughs> this movie going, this is so funny. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> anyway, mo- moving on. No, it's it's all good because uh, moving on, we um, get to talk about the bust and what I put down as cult frat slash DKO slash the founders fraternity. Yeah, um, I love that little added tidbit is the founders fraternity. <laughs> yeah, so uh, even within the first couple of minutes, we see people in robes and when we first meet these guys they're wearing robes and doing you know some sort of initiation and hazing and just just not necessarily frat business let's say yeah it seems a little more Mm -hmm. intense than the normal bend over and let us hit you with this paddle (laughs) (laughs) but we do see paddles later um, so, you know, uh, in, t- in these, this was the, uh, frat that took in the bust of Kelvin Hawthorne, which we find to be in this ritual chamber, this very, oh, richly decorated and lots of, uh, dark wood and velvet, red velvet, and you know there are some chairs and a big open like floor plan. And in the middle of this ritual chamber is this bust. Kind of reminded like- me of. Kind of reminded. Oh, I was kind of reminded me of the uh, room in um, Ready or Not. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say a trap room in um, a Resident Evil game. Oh, God, Spencer great Mansion, point. like yes, the place yes, where if yes. you remove something, you know, the walls would close and, you know, gas would come out or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played any of them. I don't know. 
horror tropes galore. Is mm-hmm. Basically, what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So we see this. Um. Sorry, I'm looking for more quotes here. Uh, so we see this bust, and it's got like this moat of black stuff around it, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's got black stuff. Uh. Yeah, dripping from its eyes and just into this moat. And it's like, it's like, how how long has this been sitting here leaking black tar stuff? What is, what is going on? Like, it just, it's so weird. Um, and so, you know, we're going to fast forward to later that night. The holiday song that the girls perform. And, um, you know, they're all dressed in their little um, Santa dresses and hats. And it's so dang cute. Oh, so but dang cute. All for cute. All for cute. As my godmother always says. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you folks are from a fun part of the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have an identity, that's for sure. We do. So, um, Riley, our main character, steps in for her her little sister, Helena, who has drank too much and was almost assaulted by her boyfriend. And, you know, sends her home and she's like, you know what, I can get up, I can do this. Which I'm shocked that she did this. Well, she would have been just fine, except... Once the song starts, she sees that her assaulter yeah. is in the back of the room. Oh, Who, God. in my notes, I called him not Brock Turner. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. His character was modeled after Brock Turner, actually, according to IMDb. Yeah. 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 And, um, and that, that, Turner... that's all we're going to talk about him. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to say something. Oh, no. I meant, I meant Brock Turner. Yes, I'm going to talk about Brock Turner. Ah. Oh, hell yeah. Brock Turner is a racist, should be a sex offender, and I hope everybody remembers and calls his ass out. Mm-hmm. Hell I yeah. know I know the judge was e- either stepped down or uh was taken down um out of judging other cases. Um because that that was just fucking ridiculous. Like they had fucking witnesses crying on the stand that saw what he did. And he gets, what, six months? Yeah, in, it's disgusting. He gets a six-month mm-hmm. sentence and spends, like, four in jail with a cell phone? Are you fucking kidding me? No. I How many hope- people think that sounds like a vacation? Seriously. It so is. Yeah. Jail is no vacation, but he definitely got preferential treatment. No, he got yeah. grounded for a couple months. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, honestly, I hope somebody takes a red hot iron and brands him with rapist across his forehead. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. I, yeah. and that, I think that needs to be the new thing they do. That's being light. That is being fucking light for this piece of shit trash. So uh, I concur. And this guy yeah. looks just like him on purpose. Yeah, yeah he does. 
the whole the whole when he was like, "Don't worry, it's consensual." Oh, to the god. Oh my god, I and oh, uh, I, I, I screw throwing water in his face. I would have broken that glass mm. on his head. I would have just oh, I oh god. Yeah. What an so, ass. We're still in the frat, and Riley, when she sees her assaulter, um, freezes. And I don't blame her, you know? No. I mean, I think she had warning that he was on campus, but I don't know if she thought she was going to see him. And honestly, the thought of your assaulter and seeing your assaulter are two very different things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know... Her sorority sisters singing this song, being great sorority sisters, they, you know, start doing this song and they basically start standing in front of her, you know, so that she doesn't have to look at him. Nobody has to stare at her like she can either leave the stage or she can buck up and do the song too, you know, whatever she decides. But these girls are shielding her i never got the impression that's what they were doing and that's it's awesome so cool the body that's language awesome is so well done in that scene they're they mm-hmm. are taking the focus off of her which is I, amazing i also love how the crowd is full of girls mm-hmm. and yeah. all the frat brothers are standing around like you know fish in a barrel like disgusting right because they're having a party so they can get laid right that's the whole point of course and the crowd turns on them and is cheering for this song. And I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I have the song in front of me. Yay. <laughs> and I, I thought I might give it a shot. Shall I go, go for, for it. it? Okay. So, you know, Riley snaps out of freezing. She realizes where she is and she's like, okay, I'm doing this. Cause this, the song is pretty tame, you know, for what what is going on and the problems they've had with these guys. And so Riley steps through her friends and sings, Up in the frat house, me and you, and you know what I'm there to do. We're drinking and kissing, what comes next? You and I have S-E-X. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Ho, ho, ho. I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, one true fact, that is that I got attacked. Up in the frat house, shit went down, and I'm telling everyone in town, I didn't lead you on for goodness sake, cause I I couldn't have cause I wasn't awake. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, click, 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 what you guys do in here is sick. And they have a musical wow, interlude. Well, they have a musical interlude, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Like, super supportive of this. And then they go on to go, do, 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 do. No, he. No, he said, she said, what is true? Don't say that this was my fault. Because what you did is called assault. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Ho, 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 I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, click, click, click. You slipped me a roofie and then your dick. 
so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's how it ended. The crowd went wild and the girls ran out of there with boyfriend and coffee house guy in tow. So, I mean, this this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. It is amazing. It is fantastic that you know, I, I understand it's a movie and a script and whatnot, but that she had the cojones to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they, they put yes, you right girl. in her shoes. Like, you feel that yeah. whole sequence, right? You feel the fear and then the empowerment yeah. and yep. the catharsis of it all. They, they really edited it and framed it very well. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of the empowerment came when, you know, her sister shielded her when she needed a moment. Yeah. You know, it, it really showed you how much they're there for each other. Yeah. I, I almost didn't, didn't think of this until now in the way that it was framed and, and the thought I was just having, but it's kind of the same kind of catharsis the ending of Carrie has, but she's yeah. getting it, but she's getting it when she's got, um, well, yeah, but he, but you know, but here the character is getting it when they still have a chance to, maybe better the world around them where Carrie is just mm-hmm. you know, been completely broken and destroyed. And these people are not savable. Right. Whereas in this movie, it's like, no, she's got a crew behind her. You know, the, this is empowering instead yeah. of the cathartic, you yeah. know, um, ripping off the bandaid. That is the end of Carrie and her realization that no, the entire human race is going to be taken down by me. It's yeah. Like, oh, hot damn. <laughs> well, and, I really think that in 2021, Carrie would not have gone down the same way. Nope. Not at all. Like, basically, I can see Carrie 2021 being that episode of Black Mirror where the mom has the camera in the girl's, like, what is it, eyeball? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Like, can't stop, like, spying on her life. That was Jodie Foster. Did that yep. episode yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, fuck yep. yeah. That was amazing. And yeah. eventually, you know, the girl finds out that the mom's still doing this and fucking kills her, you know? And honestly, that's, that's, I can see that as being, you know, Carrie 2021. Cause, you know, I don't think people would be so mean in 2021. I understand they're still bullying. They're, st- they're still bullying. They're still cyberbullying and whatnot. I just don't think an entire locker room of girls is going to gang up on one girl because she got her period and doesn't know what right. to do. Right. And yeah, keep it, but keep in mind, Carrie was high school. This is college. True. And also, but also Carrie is what the 1970s written in the right. late 60s. Yeah. Early 70s. Where I'm not, those, those were things that were hidden from the world. So it was yeah. kind of a uh, poke fun because you couldn't hide it. Yeah, I'm not True. I'm not likening Carrie to Black Christmas 2019. I'm t- Chris brought up Carrie. So I am saying yeah. that Carrie 2021 would generally be, you know, more Aimed basically be that episode of Black Mirror instead mm-hmm. of that was devastating yeah it was yeah but i mean mainly the biggest issue she had was her mom being overbearing yeah and Mm -hmm. you know that that was a factor in the original carrie but you know she had all these other factors as well whereas you know 
she might have a bully or two, but not the entire locker room. I just I love that turning the tables of this scene in Black Christmas from that team where it's the frat brothers are getting laughed at. And again, maybe mm-hmm. half the crowd is doing it tongue in cheek because because the song was kind of done, done a little like do 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 we're going to make fun of you. But no, her words were biting and knives and they were aimed right at that fucker. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Well, and yeah, and they went up there in sexy outfits, you know, yep. they're they're, yeah. you know. Ditsy sorority girls, what are they going to do? And, you know, even when they start and the lights come up, the frat guys are like, yeah, woo, ow, ow. It. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, then they come out with this and they're like, oh, fuck. So, you know, I just, it's it's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie um, with so much said in so little. Mm. Um. So, thanks for pulling us back in, Chris. Um, oh, that's okay. I thought it was a good conversation. Let's yeah. Go. Yeah, absolutely. So, my next point uh, to talk about is sneaky killer holiday lights. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> our next... Uh, excuse me. Our next um, murder. Murder, murder, murder. That we... <laughs> Red uh, Rob. That we see um, is... Our killer is sneaky. The The one killer that we know of right now is sneaky. And he is sneaking around and he is kind of taking them out one by one. And he comes up behind one of the girls. Um, uh, the Jewish girl that, yes, lost her diva cup. And, um, you know, she she was very happy and outgoing and... Again, that's, you know, it really makes me happy because, you know, she did have glasses and she was Jewish and being the outlier, you know, like she it's holiday break and like she was saying bye to her friend and she's like, Merry Christmas from this Jew to you. Like, I loved it. (laughs) It it just it was so great. And she, you know, she gets uh, wrapped up in some holiday lights and does not survive. Um. And at this point, they've been getting so many texts from this Calvin Hawthorne account. And um, our main character, uh, Riley, is even getting texts like, I'm watching you. And, you know, and walking around big buildings with tons of windows, anybody could be watching you. You don't know. Um, And so finally, she... She goes to security and tells them. What's up, Chris? Oh, I was just going to say, I, I also loved the um, juxtaposition of all the statues on the buildings, always looking. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yep. That yep. was that was kind of a, I felt like the original 1974 had a lot of that too, if I remember correctly. At least I thought it did. Hmm. Um, so she finally goes and tells security, and security's like, well, I can't do anything for you. This, they're useless. This anybody. Yeah, they're fucking useless, you know, and it's one guy doing security, sitting around, whatever, you know, can't do anything about it. You know, it's obviously somebody with a fake name, you know, we can't, we don't know who it is or what they want, so, you know, sorry they're threatening you, but too bad. Um, and so, uh, Riley actually, after going to security, goes to the frat house 
she wants to go in and check things out and runs into this professor. And I got to mention this professor as my that actor, Mr. Harry Elwes. Oh, my God. He's one of my favorite all around actors. And no matter what role he is in, he smashes it. He is amazing. And I will always love him. I knew you were going to pick him. Yep, you did. You called it. I had mm-hmm. to I had to look up the uh, IMDb since you messaged me so early in the day and I hadn't mm-hmm. watched it yet. And I totally forgot he was in this. But, you know, uh, whether he's in a bad guy role, a good guy role, uh, an art thief, uh, you know, a uh, serial killer cutting jigsaw pieces of flesh out of people. Um, uh, tornado chaser. A tornado chaser. Yeah. Unlike it, other Robin Hoods, he speaks with a British accent. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> like he fucking smashes it. And I just I love Carrie Elwes. And I love him in this role too. And he will forever have a piece of my heart. I just he is the best. And I want to meet him someday. And I almost did once, but I didn't. And so it's Aww. a little sad. But um, she she runs into the professor who's supposed to be kind of checking up on the house uh, while the boys are on holiday break. Um, which we find out later they're not. But uh, so she she runs into him at the front door and he is is kind of being buddy buddy with Riley. Um they don't really talk about the petition. He just kind of, he dropped a notebook that has like some girls' names in it, um, which we don't, you know, really know much about. Um, but he opens the door and like gestures for her to go inside. It's like, you're gonna, you're gonna let this girl into the frat house? Like, she she came up with, you know, the weak excuse that she needs to find her hair comb. But really? Like, you're supposed to be watching a house and you're just going to let anybody in? Yeah, like, super, super mm-hmm. suspect. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, once you get to the end of the movie, I guess you can kind of understand why he was letting her in. But at the same time, if you're supposed to be watching this house, don't let people in. Like, unless unless they have explicit, you know, permission to be there and go in there, don't let random people into the house you're watching. That's, that's like house-sitting rule number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I, like, it is, it is difficult for me to wrap my head around this. Like, it just... <laughs> It's so wild. Um, ooh, quick, off the top of your head, give me three animals. <laughs> um, horse. A bear, uh, monkey, and giraffe. Chris? Um, horse, uh, turtle, and uh, butterfly. Okay. Um, dog, possum, fox. Is what I got just a moment ago. And so, you know, the girls are playing this animal game in the kitchen once Riley gets back. And they uh, 
they're making orphan dinner. And this animal game, I actually think is kind of fun and, you know, could actually be a really mm-hmm. fun, like, conversation starter at a party. Like, if you can't think of something to say, just be like, hey, you know, give me three animals off the top of your head. And so the first animal you chose is supposed to be how you see yourself. Ooh. And the second animal you chose is supposed to see, supposed to be how you see your either romantic partner or love life. And the third animal you chose is how you see your friends. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I liked the ant answer in this movie. Yeah, I did too. You know, mm-hmm. I when you first hear it, you're like, what? An ant? Really? What the fuck? Who thinks of an ant? But, you know, when you really think about it, I mean, it, it works. It does. Um, and so the girl, the girls start arguing in the kitchen and, um, Marty's boyfriend is off to the side and his name, I want to say his Nate. Yeah. That Nate. sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. His name is Nate. And we talked about him before. He's kind of like the house boyfriend he's you know he's sweet he's understanding he's helpful like you know he's there for his girls but at this point um he he starts hearing this weird high-pitched noise and he just he kind of blows up he's like i can't deal with it like you guys are always arguing this is stupid knock it off and um basically gets his ass thrown out of the house you know so that was the same as in you know the first and second one or the original and the first remake um so you know there's a boyfriend that gets tossed out of the house um and yes he comes back later so that's Mm. you know a thread that comes through um and uh you know it it was great. You know, the girls kicked him out themselves. Like, Marty straight up dragged him from the kitchen to the front door herself. She didn't shy away like, oh, you know, what? what's wrong with you? Who are you? You don't act like this. Like, as they're going, she is dragging him by the elbow. And he's like, why, why are you grabbing my arm? Like, you wouldn't like it if I did this to you. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I, I get it. But also, you're being a dick, and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and after they kick him out, the uh, there are three of our sorority sisters uh, in the living room, and one has gone off to find more holiday lights for uh, the dinner table. I don't. I don't know what she was planning to do. <laughs> she just said she goes. What, what is it to deal with stress? I decorate. That was it. Yeah. Well, and she said, you know, when you guys argue, like it gives me high key anxiety. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, take yourself out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, no big deal. But lights for the dinner table. Sure. Okay. Um. So. <sighs> That's not Helena. That is uh, Jesse. Yeah, that's Jesse. She she goes off to find holiday lights, um, and so Marty, Chris, and Riley, I believe, 
are in the living room. So my, actually, my that person and MVP are actually the same. I have two MVPs. I have Imogen Poots as Riley and Landon because I think Landon is awesome. I, I thought that yeah. was a fun um, mm-hmm. subversion of oh, is you know when when he be when he rushes you know becomes part of the frat and is running around killing you know or about to be you kind of go oh you know is this character going to be like this forever and it's like no right. his heart was always good and i thought that was mm-hmm. great he's he's just a good solid guy and i liked that and imogen poots is just she's been in everything even though she hasn't yeah. been around forever and yeah she was just fantastic in this um you know some things i i noted from her let's see i have them up here 47 acting credits even though she's only been yep. working since 2004 right um she was young Valerie in V for Vendetta. She was in 28 Weeks Later. Um, she uh, more recently, you know, did did this movie. She's been in tons of things. Um, she was in The Father, that that film that um, uh, Anthony Hopkins just won Best Actor for. Oh, you know, wow. She's just been working, and she just shows up and stuff. And uh, pop star, never stop, never stopping. <laughs> Great title. Um, it's um, funny. Landon is actually my MVP as well. Awesome. I think she, he's such a great character throughout the whole thing. And she was in Green Room, which is like one of the yeah. most underappreciated and amazing um, suspense thrillers I've seen in like 15 years. It's I think very good. Great. Yeah, it's and very so that good. those those are my focals. Okay, Stefan, do you want to do your MVP now? Since yeah, my MVP is just um, the the sorority sisters as a whole. Yeah, I just love how they're there for each other. There's nothing. One of the most inspiring things, in my opinion, is women supporting women. Yeah, and I just think this movie is all about that. It, like you said, it's such a a um, antithesis of the other two Black Christmases. Yeah, and my that person is actually the director Sophia Takal. Oh, yeah, she she was in the VHS. Uh, yes, yes, segment yes. the second honeymoon where the guy got murdered because like his wife's uh, ex-lover showed up yeah he got murdered yeah. in his sleep oh, that really was so really intense. graphic sleep with the with the um uh the uh the prospector fortune teller yes I which love we that have one. one of those at a candy store south of the city is i will never use it for obvious reasons um as we a director sorry as a director, she did a lot of she's done a lot of feminist horror uh, or thrillers. This one called Always Shine. Have you seen that, Chris? Jess and I have. Yeah, it's fantastic. I really liked it too. And then, okay. yeah the the one with uh, Mackenzie Davis, where it's like the two girls that are aspiring actresses, oh, and they go to yeah. like and there's like jealousy. Yeah. yeah um, and then the um, New Year, New You, the Into the Dark movie. Yes, mm-hmm. she directed that too. Uh, I, I think she's great. That's awesome. Um, so after they kicked Nate out for blowing up and being kind of a dick um, is where, you know, we we start getting a real attack from the killers, like Killer, the one so far. And uh, he's an archer. Like, he's got <laughs> a bow and arrow. He is, like, this is not your usual slasher weapon. So like I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. Like not a lot of people do archery these days. So you know and he was he was a fairly decent shot. 
maybe not not really that well yeah not really um and so the girls run and uh go into basically a pantry storeroom um and marty has been um skimmed with an arrow and is bleeding on her leg and uh marty and chris is it the uh, the best friend yeah chris um stay in the storeroom and ask riley to go out because they all left their phones in the living room and so riley grabs some wood handled tool breaks it over her knee so she's got a stake and mm-hmm. heads out and is basically trying to get to the dining room and at one point there's a um there's a killer that comes up and tries to attack her and she gets away and uh she you know leads him around the house and eventually loses him and makes it to the living room trying to grab one of the cell phones only to have Nate bust in again and um he's like he's making a big racket you know I'm sorry I had a migraine like I shouldn't have talked to y'all like that and she's like shh shh I need you to be quiet shh and he's just being loud and he's like what what and she's like there's somebody in the house and he's like oh no Nobody messes with my girls. Like, I'll I'll take them on. Whatever. And so he starts yelling, trying to, you know, get this being in the house to come to him. And, you know, Riley's like, no, no, shut up. Like, and he barely gets anything out before he's shot through the eye with an arrow. Mm-hmm. So he is short-lived. Um and you know the the other girls hear the fracas um and come running um and so chris gets attacked and she grabs nate's keys puts them through her fingers and puts them up into like the throat area underneath the jaw uh behind the mask of one of the killers and apparently that kills him mm-hmm. um, so he's just he's laying on the ground and he he bleeds black and i i called it tar because it's it's like a watered down tar yeah more or less and um it's it's the way they worked around to a pg-13 rating mm-hmm. and it actually had a symbolism Oh, yeah? In that regard, with how the um, uh, how the men are, they liter- they bleed literal uh, toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's about those like toxic waste. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you know, we will we will definitely get to more on that because that there's a whole lot of that coming up. Yes, there is. Um, but I, I really liked, you know, how they did it. Because what's the, what's the thing about PG-13 movies? You can't have blood pooling? Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if someone is on the ground, yeah, you can't see blood, like, b- blood, like, gushing out in a pool. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we see this tar pooling. 
um, um, essentially letting us know that he's dead. Um, and something we notice, uh, another killer pops up in black robe and mask, but their eyes are like this dull red light. And it just, it's, it's very odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those are some pretty special contacts you have there, pal. Um, and so, you know, the girls, uh, actually Marty, uh, throws herself basically trying to attack this second killer and she gets stabbed in the stomach and, uh, the other two girls are making a run for it and she tells them to go. And, you know, even though she's been stabbed in the stomach, like the killer goes to take a step after them. And she grabs him around the foot. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> you will drag me with you. You are not going after them. Um, and I have that noted here as Brave Marty. Um, so I just, I thought that was a really interesting thing that she didn't, you know, just curl up and bleed. You know, she's like, oh no. No, you're not going after them. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said before, the girls are, the girls get into Nate's car and, uh, speed off and they get into a fight and, um, Riley gets out of the car and goes to another sorority, um, that has the, uh, symbol of triangle E, um, which I think triangle is Delta, uh, yeah, but I don't know what the E looking one Delta. is. Epsilon. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, MKE, so it would be Delta Epsilon. Um, so she busts into this other sorority, and all of the sorority sisters are armed, and they've taken down a killer. And she's like, oh my gosh, you too? And they're like, yeah, apparently these like three other sororities are getting hit as well. So it's not just our main sorority house that has this problem. It is all the sororities on campus, it seems like. Um, and the uh, the security guard shows up, and I have him on here as stupid security, because he yes. got called to this other sorority house. And it's like... You know, wouldn't you try to make some rounds or check up on this girl that came to you earlier, like with these texts, maybe make sure she's doing okay? Uh, but no, you just go where you're called. And for that, he got killed briefly or quickly. Um, and we learned that there are many killers. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, Imogene Riley. Uh, makes her way back to the uh, frat house, and on the way she ran, she runs into Landon, who is just. I understand being suspicious of him, but he is just so dang sweet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, it, it just seems like he does no wrong. And like, there's part where she's like, "Have you been DMing me all day?" And he's like. Uh, no, I don't have social media, but I can get it. If you want me to DM <laughs> you, I will. That was and cute. It's, it's so dang cute. This character is so dang cute. He was definitely the red herring of this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
he just, you know, he, he was so sweet. And I think, you know, I, I, as I said, I chose him as my MVP. Basically, Riley grabs him on the way and uses him to create a distraction in the frat house. So she can sneak in and try to figure out kind of what the hell is going on. And um, honestly, Landon gets mad. Like, he sees that, you know, these frat assholes, these fratzels, you know, <laughs> didn't return his gear, like, fucked up his mixer, like, just, we're fratzels, you know, they are what they are, and he just starts throwing stuff and breaking shit to get their attention, and finally, some of them come out, and he's like, hey, guys, what's up? And then a bunch of them come out, and he's like, oh, shit. And, um, you know, they start talking to him, and we hear this high-pitched noise again. And, you know, it's it's really getting to Landon and hurting him. And they say that it's the bust of Kelvin Hawthorne calling him. <laughs> and... uh so they take Landon to uh, swear him in and get to hazing. And we cut back to Riley, who has found Helena, and her, her little sister. And mm-hmm. um, she's tied up in one of the rooms. And she starts uh, untying her. And this girl has the best facial ins- facial expression for this double cross. She's like, help me, help me. I'm tied up here. I don't know how long I've been here. Da, 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 da. And then as soon as she's untied and she sees, you know, one of the frat members coming in about to smack Riley over the head, like she turns. Yes. Like, oh no, I'm with these guys. She represents like Republican women. In a uh, nutshell. I, I don't know about that, but she, she is, quote, a good girl and subservient mm-hmm. and, you know, she's she's part of these guys and helps them and takes We have a purpose, even, you know, if we're behind them. Ugh, yeah. So my next note is pretty long and I'm going to talk about a bunch of things very quickly together. Um, so... Riley gets pulled into this, um, oh gosh, what did we call it? A ritualistic chamber. And there's a bunch of the robed figures all around. And they've all, like a good majority of them have wooden paddles that they're pounding on the ground in like a a beat, um, a pattern. And, um, you know, Riley gets brought in and she notices there's a tray with all these objects that have gone missing from her sorority. So like the diva cup, the hair comb, uh, somebody's um, buzzing boyfriend, uh, you know, a whole slew of things um, that, you know, her sisters were missing. And in comes, you know, a character in a purple robe. And we find that we find out that to be professor, Gelson, um, and basically he talks about, you know, this this whole situation is to combat the threat of women, 
and you know uh quote unquote threat yeah the quote unquote threat of women and that you know these men are going to go forward into your courthouses into congress into wherever um and basically you know move this all forward and you know women in places where they don't think women belong more or less and um so at this point they're trying to get her to kneel in front of the Calvin Hawthorne statue with all the black muck and this this quote i wrote in my notes where one of them is like we'll we'll bring you to your knees i just wrote uh creepy after that it's like ugh yeah um basically you know he asked uh you know are um they oh they were they were talking about Helena and how helpful she's been and are you going to be a good woman like Helena here or you know are you going to you know fight against us and um one guy you know they they keep going on and on about trying to get her to kneel and one guy is like you know it's your body your choice which i'm just oh mm-hmm. oh that oh like that is probably the most stomach turning yes the movie that made my skin crawl but i also wonder if it empowered her you know um and uh oh when they were talking about helena being a good woman they were saying how much she helped them and this and that and she notices her nameplate necklace up on the tray and she's like wait when did that get up there and of course right afterwards they break her neck and kill her didn't see that coming at all <laughs> yeah they they got all the use out of her that they needed so bye-bye mm-hmm. um and so they're still trying to get her to kneel and Honestly, Riley is like, hell no. You know, she gets up, she starts fighting back. And as she started fighting back and these guys are like trying to control her, the doors get kicked in by her sorority sister, Chris. And this flying V, as I said before, of other sorority girls from different sororities and they're all uh they all are armed like one one has a menorah (laughs) i didn't notice that but that's awesome yeah it i thought it was great like they are they have all different types of weapons and they're just fighting against all these ridiculous frat guys and like it's this whole huge scene and it's the climax of the movie and I gotta say, everyone loves a good climax, so it's it's gonna be good, especially mm-hmm. directed by a woman. You know you're gonna get satisfied from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's just this whole huge fight scene where you see everybody fighting, and you can, you can clearly pick out this menorah a few times, and it just, it tickles me that they use that. I'm like, hell yes represent it's mm-hmm. not just christmas there are other holidays too yes um 
And so we keep cutting back to Riley, who's actually in a fight with her uh, assaulter. And um, he winds up, like, power slamming her to the floor, which, ouch, like, oh my gosh, ouch. But I can only assume that with a choreographed fight and choreographed wrestling moves, you know, he, he was in control of it. Um, and obviously, mm-hmm. as actors, doesn't want to hurt her. Um, but it still looks damn good. And so um, she winds up basically being held down by her aggressor in a more or less missionary position. And her yeah. arms are being held down. And um, she she uh, cuts back to the night where she was assaulted by him and um, or, you know, basically raped. We'll call it what it is. You know, she was raped and um, she cuts back to that a couple of times in her mind and, uh, you know, winds up, you know, moving her arms so that she can flip them over, get the upper hand and, um, I think either her or her uh, sorority sister knocks this aggressor out. Um, and Riley runs up and grabs the bust of this Kelvin Hawthorne statue from the muck. It is it is dripping all of this black muck. <laughs> it's just secreting all this nastiness. And she holds it high over her head. And Professor Gelson says, wait, wait. Break us and you'll only break yourselves. And then she throws it to the ground. Cause yeah. Because fuck him. Yeah. Fuck you. And fuck patriarchy. Right. And so the girls kind of get the upper hand. And, you know, the guys are shocked that the bust is now broken. And um, Landon, who had been, quote unquote, hazed under its spell... And was basically just standing there like a statue, more or less, until he had other, you know, um, instructions to do something. Um, oh, he had been uh, he had been snapped out of it earlier and joined in for part of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, the girls and Landon all run out of there, and Riley and Chris shut the doors. And secure them with a couple of the paddles. And at this point, the house has caught on fire. And uh, they're all outside watching the house burn to the ground. The end. But there's an alternative ending on this one, too. Where Mm. it's... Have you seen it? I've not. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's basically the same thing, except at the end, when they get outside, they start linking hands, kind of like in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Landon links his right hand with Riley, but then we see his left hand, which is dripping a bit of black. Oh... Yeah, so leaving it open for, um, you know, another one or that he is the next 
the next uh, generation to carry on this tradition, or he's, you know, still, you know, there's still a killer alive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So interesting. I that yeah, I, I like the ending that they use, but I would have liked that one too. Yeah, I mean. I suppose if they were going to make a sequel to this one, but I'm not sure how it would work unless you make a Black Christmas 2. And then, you know, would it be a sequel to the 74, the 06, or the 19? Mm-hmm. Obviously the 19, but how are you going to specify that? Like, right. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, Stefan, how did the movie fare with the critics? Yeah, so... Uh, 38% critical, but only 31% audience, which is disappointing. And this movie, uh, really bombed at the box office. It made only 1.8 million its opening weekend, which is one of the, the top 10 lowest grosses ever for a movie uh, released on over 2000 screens. Oh my. Yeah. And, um, it only made, uh, 10.4 million. It didn't even make back its budget. Oh, yeah. Which a movie has to make double its budget to be profitable. Cause half of it goes to theaters. Honestly, yeah. I can see this being part of the cult classic. Um, I agree. Being enjoyed as part of the cult classic and being such an anti to the original. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just yeah. It just seems like it would be. No, I I agree. I definitely see this movie, you know, becoming a cult film in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it happening. As I said, I loved it. I bought it right after I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It um, it definitely it's definitely topical, obviously, and yeah, it's it's just name only for Black Christmas, and I, I, mean, I think there, a lot of there were some running themes. Yeah. And a lot of people shied away, I think, with the PG-13 rating, but I thought it worked really well. Well, we have had this conversation before that Mm -hmm. PG-13 can be as scary as, and sometimes scarier than our movies. Oh, I would argue more a lot of the time, because they can't just rely on gore. Exactly. They have to be smart about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess PG-13 slasher. Yeah. I should have specified, because there aren't many of those. Yeah. Were there any uh, any extras for this movie? Fun facts? Yeah, or... I mean, uh, we pretty much said all of them. Uh, just about how, you know, it's it's a bad opening weekend, and let me just hear. Yeah, there's not meant. There's not much on IMDb. We okay. talked about the the black blood yeah funny you mention you know a sequel to black christmas i guess bob clark had wanted to do one for years but it never got off the ground aside from halloween Hmm. yeah he wanted to do one but he never was able to okay um yeah so i actually found a couple of facts factoids um so uh, we we mentioned Brock Turner, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know um, the aggressor um, 
being similar to him. And so uh, Riley's subplot about having been raped and no one but her friends believing her is basically a call out to rape culture and campus rape rape narrative and uh, Mm -hmm. actually took inspiration from the Brock Turner case. Yeah. Um, Also, you know, in talking about, you know, gross men, um, the Professor Gelson uh, character was inspired by Jordan B. Peterson and is meant to be basically a parody of him and yeah. was was also based on Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, God, I hate him. Yeah, and I guess his trial inspired the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? We talked about the Black Blood um, the other thing is it had a really short production schedule. Yeah, f- f- uh, five months for pre-production, production, and post-production. Yeah, and I guess uh, some scenes in the film were shot in one take and ad-libbed without the script being completed. Like, that's just wild. I mean, it <laughs> looked great to me. Yeah, I mean, I again, I love this movie. Like, I think it's so great, and I think Many, many people should watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it was definitely one I, I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. Yep, I I honestly didn't know what I was walking into when I first pulled it up. I was just in the mood for a horror movie, and I know that my son had accidentally seen a couple of trailers on YouTube, <laughs> and so I was like, huh. All right, I'll check it out. Plus the uh, the the picture of like the four girls with an axe. Really, I was like, "Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, this this looks decent. Let's do this." Yeah. Well, now that we've discussed our thoughts on these films, let's see how they fared on the social media battle polls. Jess, give us the scoop. Okay. So, Going over to Twitter, where you can find us at Fighting Films Podcast or the little at symbol Films Fighting. Um, holy buckets! You know, uh, we didn't get as many votes as last time, but we got a good amount. You know, um, we're we're definitely getting some more supporters that are jumping on to vote in our polls, and I love it. I love that we're getting more. Um, interaction honestly i love seeing you know kind of what what movie people prefer um and so the black christmas 2019 version dominated over the 2006 version with 71.4 percent compared to 28.6 percent and we had 21 votes and that's very very well learned and i uh I would I would agree with that. The 2019 is far superior, even though they're they're they are very different films. Yes. Even though they are re- technically remakes of um, Black Christmas, but the 2019 one is pretty much just a remake in name only. There's a couple similarities, but they're pretty loose. Um, but yeah, the 2019 film is just leagues ahead. You know, the social commentary. It's just I, f- I feel like it's better acted, better written. Yeah, I just, I feel it's better all around. I feel mm-hmm. it does have, um, I, I have to disagree. I feel it does have some 
core aspects that are the same or similar to the original, um, but definitely takes its own way. Mm -hmm. um, and so looking at the replies, uh, because I love it when you talk to me, um, somebody, uh, Perk Upgrade, uh, actually, they have an exclamation point. So, perk upgrade! <laughs> um, posted the Black Christmas Bunny version. And I don't know if you've seen this before, Stefan, but um, these people make 30-second bunny feeder. I remember one for Scream way back in the day. Yes, I have yeah. seen a bunch of them. I think they're so funny. Um, this one was a little um, cattywampus in that it had mm -hmm. so much going on in 30 seconds, it was a little hard to follow because it was so fast and going through everything. But I just, I love 30 second bunny theater. I, it's, it's fantastic every time, mm -hmm. every time they do it. And there's a bunch of them out there. So thank you so much perk upgrade for your, uh, your submission of that. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and so going off of that, as I said, you can find us at Finding Film, Fighting Film, Finding Films, oh goodness, Fighting Films Podcast on Twitter or at Films Fighting. You can find us on Facebook at Fighting Films Pod. Um, you can find us on Gmail at Fighting Films Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon uh, at fighting films podcast um and you know if you want to toss us a few bucks and support us you get you know the show a couple days early you get that extra content you get a shout out you get to pick an episode theme you get all sorts of fun stuff um and it will be ad free completely um and we are on instagram where i post extra fun little tidbits and pictures um last week when we talked about waiting and the slam and salmon i posted pictures of when i got to meet four fifths of broken lizard you know and so just had a ton of fun with it or you know um when i get some dvds in the mail that may or may not wink wink be you know used in an episode later or you know if Stefan and I happen to be in the same room, you know, recording the show, you know, I'll snap a shot of us. And it's just, it's all in good fun. We're on Instagram at Fighting Films Podcast. And again, I love it when you talk to me. So shoot me a message. Great. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Stefan. This is Jess. And until next time, let's keep those films fighting. Bye, everyone. Bye.